Good morning, everybody. Okay, so the first thing I planned to say is that it's, it's different speaking from here. It's more interesting when I'm there. <laughs> it's really different. Um, first, I'd like to appreciate the leadership and the pastor, the pastors of um, New York Community Church. Uh, can we put an end together for them, for this opportunity? I do not take it lightly, and I'm grateful to God for using them and for giving this opportunity. And also to all other students that uh, ministered today, so thank you so much for giving yourself to the work of the Lord. Okay, so um, a picture should be coming up to your screen shortly. Um, just uh, to, sh to put images to the faces. Um, to the right is uh, my parents. Um, that's my mom and my dad looking cool, right? And that's me in the middle. That was taken in 2021 when I went back to Nigeria. I really do miss Nigeria. <laughs> and um, to the left is myself and my beautiful wife. And she's, she's right there seated. And Okay. All right, so as I go into the word this morning, I would like to start by telling a short story. Um, as we know, we're looking into the book of Hebrews. We've been looking into the book of Hebrews, and um, um, Glenn and um, Beverly and Aaron have done awesome you know, work before now. I would say they will make this today's administration very easy. Um, so... We're looking to the book of Hebrews and to see how or what God is communicating to us through that. And I would like to start with a very short story of myself. When I was a little child, like a baby, um, we, we had a step, a very short step, just like this, um, in the house back then. And I was very small, so I could only crawl. I could only crawl my hands and feet. And uh, my mom, you saw our picture, right? So my mom told me that uh, while I was a baby and calling, I always go to that particular spot and I will fall over the step and eat my forehead on the ground. And then I'll cry. And she'll come pick me up. So this boy, you know, <laughs> and so on. And she said, just after petting me and all of that, a few hours, I'm back there again. And I fall over. And the same spot, my forehead on the ground, and she comes, this boy. And it keeps repeating and over and over again. And that was because I was a child, right? The step will always be there, and it has a purpose. But because I don't know the purpose, I think as a calling baby, just call over anything. In the excitement of calling, I just call over anything, and I keep falling. So something can be there, and we will not know it's there. Or it doesn't mean that when something is available, everybody knows it's available. Even an adult person walks with our steps, they know so well how to go beyond it. But a child doesn't know, he just calls over and rolls down and cries. And that's because all things that are available doesn't mean we know they are available. Just hold that story just a little bit, and I'll come back to it. Praise God. 
Um, let's go into um, Hebrews chapter 4, if you have your Bible. Hebrews chapter 4, we'll start from verse 14. Hebrews chapter 4. Okay, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. In chapter 5, it says, Every high priest is selected from among the people and is appointed to represent the people in the matter related to God. To offer gifts and sacrifices for sins is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray. Since he himself is subject to weakness, this is why he has to offer sacrifices for his sins, for his own sins, as well as for the sins of the people. And no one takes this honor on himself, but he received it when called by God, just as Aaron was. In the same way, Christ did not take on himself the glory of becoming a high priest. But God said to him, you are my son. Today I have become your father. And he says in another place, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was hard because of his reverent submission. Son, he was. He learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. And was designated by God to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Can I hear an amen? amen. So today, we'll, from the, the, the scriptures we just read, we see that um, it's all focusing on um, Jesus. Thank you so much. On Jesus being the high priest. Right, so we're focusing on Jesus being the high priest. But just like a story I just shared, you, you see... That Jesus is our high priest doesn't mean we all understand what that really means. And it's there, but it doesn't mean everybody knows it. And those that know it, that have heard it, doesn't mean we really understand what it means. Just like the step I just showed you, the step is there. Or the staircase is there and we always be there. But it doesn't mean as a child I knew it or I knew the purpose. And that's why today I will walk us through to help us to understand because we cannot benefit from what Jesus has done already being a high priest until we'll understand what he did and what it means to us. Then we can have full understanding of it and take advantage of it. Shall we pray? Thank you, Father, for the entrance of your word. Thank you, Father, because it brings light unto us. And it lightened every darkness in our hearts in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for we are blessed more today as we receive your word in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Okay, so 
now we're back to um, the, the high priest. So we want to look into uh, why is Jesus an high priest? What does an high priest mean? Uh, why do I need him to be an high priest? Why do I even need an high priest? And that's what we're going to be looking in today. And so we're going to start with what is an high, or who is an high priest? Who is an high priest? Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 1 says, Every high priest is selected from among the people and appointed to represent the people in the matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. So we can see that an high priest is someone who represents the people to God. Okay, so we have the people here. And we have God here. Remember that the Bible says our sins have separated us from God. So now we are here, we are here, and God is here. So the job of the high priest is to represent the people to God, right? So, and how he does that is to, is to take the sacrifice for all of the people, for all of their sins, and go take it up unto God, representing them. That's the job of the high priest. So that's who an high priest is. So an high priest is someone who is a mediator. He's a mediator between the people and God. The high priest is someone who is like a channel or a bridge connecting the people to God. Right? And then you ask, if that's who an high priest is, then who is a prophet? Because we see that God uses prophet, and there's also an high priest. Oh, so God has said the office of a prophet to be his speaker. So the prophet hears from God and speaks to the people. Can we see the connection? So an high priest represents the people to God. A prophet hears from the people uh, from God and communicate it to the people. As we can see that in Deuteronomy 18, verse 18, it says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command. So that's what a prophet do. They tell the people what God says. And we can also see that in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. I love this. It says, in the past, God spoke to us. God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets as many times and in various ways. So God speaks through the prophet to us, but God hears us through um, a priest. So no one takes the, the, the title of a priest unless it's called to do so by God, just as Aaron, Aaron and the Bible was. Okay, so now that we know who a prophet is, or a priest is, we can now talk about the role of a priest. So what do priests actually do? Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. He said, in fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleaned with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So because we... We sinned, we we're born with the sinful nature, we've been separated from God. And now when we sin, the Bible said the wages of sin is death, right? So we're supposed to die for pain, for the payback of our sin. But here is God so loving coming to us and say, I'm giving you a way out for your sin. 
right? I want to forgive you for your sin. And because there is no forgiveness of sin until a blood is shed. So God is saying that uh, you put blood together because it's more like somebody else is paying for your sin, and you bring that to my temple. That, then I can forgive you for that sin, right? So what the, 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 the priests do is to get the sacrifice of the people and bring it to God. Um, according to Hebrews chapter 9, we, we're giving more details about how a priest does the job. So God instructed Moses on how to construct the temple, the temple of God. That's where the sacrifices will be, you know, will be, will be made. And God said, create two chambers. The first chamber is called the, 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 the most holy, or it's also called the inner temple. And make another side, another court, make that the, the, the outer court. So in the outer court, only the priests. So we have priests and we have high priests. Just more like you have the principal, you have high principal. I'm not sure if there's a title. <laughs> Glory to God. All right. So, <laughs> so, uh, so we have priests and we have high priests. Only the high priests can actually go into the most holiest because it's so sacred. He could die in there. It's too much. And he's going to face God with the sin of the people. He could die in there. So only the high priest can go into the inner court while other priests are on the outer court. And each time the people bring their sacrifices, when we say sacrifices, we mean you bring your goat, your lamb, your whatever the animal is, then they will be killed and the blood will be carried by the priest, high priest, to the temple for the forgiveness of your sins. So, if we were to be in the Old Testament, I love this. If we were to be in the Old Testament for all the sins I have committed in my life, the more than a thousand. So it means that I would have killed over a thousand goats and lambs and sheep to offer to God as a forgiveness of my sins. Anyways, that's how they do it back then. So that's the job of the high priest. It takes the, the sacrifice of the people and give it and, and take it to the temple of God. Praise the Lord Jesus. So then we ask ourselves the question, if this was what was being done before in the Old Testament, then why do we still need Jesus being the high priest now? We already have high priests. They do the work so well. So why do we need another high priest? Why did God call Jesus to be the high priest? Right? And this is because despite these sacrifices being offered by these high priests, the people still carry the weight of their sins. The people are still guilty for their sins. Imagine um, I, I sacrificed the goat and lamb. Some religions still do that to date. And I offered to God as a forgiveness of sin, but I still bear the weights, the consequences of the sins, the weight of the sins, the guilt of the sins. is still there for the people in the Old Testament. And why is this still there, we ask ourselves. They already sacrificed for it. Why is it still there? For two reasons. Please go along with me. For two reasons. Number one is that the blood of animals cannot 
take away sins. The blood of animals cannot. Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 4. We can see that Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4 says, It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. <laughs> it's impossible. Yes, they did it, but God is saying it's impossible. So what the bulls and the blood of the bulls and goats does is to cover their sins. So that maybe when God looks at them, he doesn't see the sins. He, so their sins are covered. It's still there, and that's why the guilt can be there. It's only covered, hidden. So because the blood of animals cannot take away sins, they still feel the guilt of their sins. Um, the second reason why they still feel the guilt of their sin is that the Old Testament's high priests were humans, just like we are, and are limited in their own sinfulness. They are limited in their own sinfulness. Um, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 3 says, This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins, that's the high priest, as well as for the sins of the people. So anytime the high priest wants to approach God, and again, they do that once a year. They approach the temple once a year. And it means if you sin in January, it's more like um, your tax, tax return. <laughs> so you need to wait. If you buy an electric car, you need to wait until 12 months before you can get your incentive. It, it, it's more like that. You sin in January, you're going to carry all the guilt and weight of that sin until the next tax return. That's how it used to be. And when you offer your sacrifice to the high priest, and the high priest takes all your sacrifices into the temple, the high priest will first seek for forgiveness of his own sin. Before he seeks for the forgiveness of the other people. Because he himself is sinful. He himself needs forgiveness. So because of his own weakness, he's not able to function in that office. God actually needs somebody who is clean and pure to represent the people. And if he himself is not clean and pure enough, he can't. He cannot represent the people. So these are the two reasons why uh, they still feel the guilt of their sin. Again, the first is that the blood of animals cannot actually take away sins. It can only cover it. And the second reason is because the people we have to represent us, that's the high priest, they are actually also sinful. Praise the Lord Jesus. So that take us to Jesus now becoming our high priest. So Jesus Becoming a high priest actually solves these two problems. The first is that the blood of animals cannot cleanse sin. The second is that the, the person taking the sacrifice to God, which the high priest, is not worthy, is not qualified enough. So Jesus, so God, sent his son, a God, into the flesh in the form of human. Why? Because Hebrews chapter, chapter 5 verse 1 said that high priest has been taken from among the people. So the high priest must come from the people. But the people are not clean enough to become an high priest. So God sends his son in the form of man to take up our, our place like a human. And that's why he could become an high priest. 
So God sent Jesus, chosen by God, offered himself, offered himself. How did he do it? By his own blood. Not the blood of goats and sheep and cattle now. His own blood. Through death, he actually died. Glory to God. You see, in, in, in Africa, most especially in Nigeria, and you know it happens everywhere in the world. If two people want to go into covenant, what they do, they don't kill themselves to go into covenant. What they do is they mix the blood together. How? You can just take a knife and just cut yourself, and two, three drops of blood can flow into a container, and the other person also cut themselves, and two, few drops. That's not what Jesus did. He didn't just give two, three bloods or drops of blood. He offered himself as the lamb, as the goat, or as the sheep to be slaughtered. He gave himself for this. Glory to Jesus. He gave himself. He died for this. He shed his own blood for it. Has the sacrifice for our sins. And because he gave himself as a lamb for our sins. Remember that. The, the animals cannot do it, but Jesus can. Not only did he do that, he didn't give his own blood, which is clean, into the hand of a physical high priest who is unworthy to carry it. He carried it himself to the temple of God. And that's why he did the two things. He became the lamb, that's the sacrifice, and also the carrier, the person who will carry it to God. So now he became the high priest. That is how he did it. He did it because he died. He gave his own life for it. Glory to Jesus. Hebrews chapter 9 from verse 12. Hebrews chapter 9 from verse 12 says, He did not enter by means of the blood of goats or cows. But he entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood. He did it just once. In the Old Testament, they do it every year. And every year they remember their sins. But now he did it once and for all. So Jesus is not going to die again for somebody else's sin. He's not going to die again in 2023 because somebody sinned. He already did it once and for all. We keep doing it again because the, the last one we did was not strong enough. All right. Um, you know, each time you do um, your house with modification after a couple of years. Now, we do that because um, over the years, the house starts deteriorating. So we need to match it up. We need to fix it up and say, oh, house, don't fall off, you know, right? And, and we, we do that because it's deteriorating. So we need to add up to it. And that's why the Old Testament do it every year, right? So uh, we do it in January. And as we're approaching December, people start feeling the guilt of sin again. So we need to patch it up. We need to patch it up and make them feel better. But what Jesus did is eternal. It's more like building a house and you're, not gonna, you're never going to touch it again. You build a house, you're not going to modify again because once built, it, it stands forever. And that's what he did once and for all. Once he died and sacrificed himself, he settled. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. He, he did it just once, the Bible says. He entered into the most holy place for all. 
by his own blood, once and for all, by his own blood, just sustaining or obtaining eternal salvation. Glory to Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 says, And being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to dead, even the dead on the cross. So on the cross we see a man, but on the cross it took away all our sins. All, yesterday, today, forever, he took it all. Glory to Jesus. Not yearly, but once for all. So I do not need to wait for the next um, for the next um, year before my sins can be forgiven. This is like reading. You know, sometimes we, we make mistakes. We all do. And you feel, oh, I can approach God now. What am I going to tell him? How will I say it? Let me wait. Let me wait until Sunday. Because in this dispensation, some people have taken that you know, that sacrifice every year, they've taken it to Sunday. I'll wait to Sunday so when I get into church, I can ask for forgiveness. No. You can ask now. Because it's available. Glory to Jesus. It's available. Sins, sins, sins are no more covered. They are forgiven, washed, and paid for. Glory to Jesus. He became a, medi- a mediator between us and God. So now that Remember I tell you that one of the, uh, the role of, of, the, of the, 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 the priest is to be a connecting bridge between the people and God. So now, because Jesus became a high priest, is now the connecting bridge between us and God. That's why I said Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can go to the Father except through the channel, the bridge, Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5 says, For there is no one, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind. The man Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all the people. So now, he's, a med- he's our mediator. Also, Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 13 to 14 is all coming together now. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 13 to 14 he said, but now in Christ, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. For he himself is our peace, who has made two groups. God, us. Two groups. Has made the two groups one. He brought us together and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. So no more. No more barrier between us and God. I have access to God. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. The role of high priest is significant, or the role of Jesus as an high priest is significant for many reasons. Number one, Jesus provided a better sacrifice for sins than the animal sacrifice of the Old Testament. Jesus' high priesthood provides a new and better way to access God. And the thought is, through Jesus' death and resurrection, he made atonement for the sin of humanity. So Jesus again became the lamb and, and, and the high priest himself that takes our sins away. And also he did it once and for all. He doesn't need to do it again. So now we have 
Hoponhasis to forgiveness, grace, and mercy. The access is open. Remember when Jesus died on the cross, that was when he, he, he gave his blood and his life. Remember, if you remember, the Bible says that the temple was torn from top to bottom. The temple of the, um, the, the cutting, right? the cutting of the temple was torn from top to bottom. So God is saying that you can now, you can now enter the most holy this is the place only the high priest can go into it and go in shaking. He go in timid, fearful. He could die in there. So God is saying, you all can, you're welcome. You can now have access to that most holy place, my presence. So we have open access to forgiveness, grace, and mercy. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 to 14 is all coming together now. It's all coming together. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 to 14. Oh, Jesus, I love this. He says, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled all charge. <laughs> Glory. All charge of our legal indebtedness. We stood against us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. All chat. The devil is the one who charges us of sins. He reminds us of sins and say, do you know why God will not answer your prayer? You sinned yesterday. The devil does that. He said, do you know why God will not answer you? You just sinned yesterday. You sinned last night. You sinned two days ago. You sinned last week. But God is saying, he can't suit it. He can't suit it. So I have no charge against me. <laughs> Glory to God. I have no charge against me. He said, people need to know this. We've been robbed a lot. We've been robbed a lot by the devil, making us feel guilty of what Christ already forgave us of. Glory to Jesus. Hebrews 8, verse 12. I'm putting all this together to, to round up. Hebrews 8, 12 says, For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. What I take from there is, if God forgives me, why do I need to remind myself of the sins? If he says, I'm not holding it against you, why do I need to hold it against myself? You see, people say it's easy to forget, but for, it's easy to forgive, but forgetting, oh no, forgetting, God is saying, I forgive and I forget. I need to forgive and forget too of the things I've done wrong because he is not holding it against me. Glory to Jesus. He's not holding it against me. So we go back to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. It says, therefore, Hebrews chapter 4 started with, therefore, since we have a great high priest. What does that mean? It means, therefore, now that you know you have a great high priest. You see, so, uh, so now, we, now that verse is making more sense, right? Now that you know that your sins are forgiven, now that you know that you have access to the Father, this person, Christ Jesus, now that you know, since you, we have a great high priest, what should we do? I jump to when it says, let us then approach God's throne of grace. How? With confidence. Let us approach his presence 
with confidence. Uh, with confidence, it says, not with fear, not with timidity, not with confidence. There's a slight difference between confidence and, 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 and pride. When we're much younger, we want to show that we're bigger boys. What we do is we put a towel on our back and, and we start walking like this to show that we're, we're big boys. No, that's not the confidence he's talking about. The confidence is because we know that forgiveness is available. You know forgiveness is available. Um, I always use this analogy and say that imagine you walk into a car showroom, right? You want to get a car. You want went to the showroom and you love a particular brand of car. You love it so much, but you don't have the money, neither the financing. But you want the car. So it means you, you have to steal it, right? So if you're stealing the car, how do you enter into the, the car showroom? Because you know you want to go steal. You go timid. You go observing the cameras and say, so maybe this camera is, is, is pointing towards me. If somebody greets you, you'll be like, oh, maybe this person is a security guard trying to check me out. You know, you're so afraid. You're so concerned about so many things. But if somebody reverses the case and somebody hands you, hands you um, the receipts for the car and says, it's all paid. Um, Subaru 2023. Whatever model you want. He said, it's all paid. Just go pick it up. Okay, now, how do you enter into the car showroom? You, you, with so much confidence, you just walk in and you say, how much is that? Because you know it's paid for. That's the same thing he's saying. He's saying that it's paid for. Come in with confidence, he's saying. Glory to Jesus. Come in with confidence. We approach his throne with confidence. Glory to Jesus. With so much confidence, no more fear, no guilt. Please, do not allow the devil to use guilt to knock you off the presence of God. No guilt. No guilt. God is not there to, 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 to guilt trip you. He's not there to guilt trip you. When we're much younger, um, our parents count our sins. See, maybe that's why I could understand this better. They, they count our sins. So when I, when I offend my mom, I didn't do any house chores, he counts. I know one down. <laughs> when I do something else again, she gives me a new two down. If you do it again, if you reach three, that's all. So we're so careful. The day you hit into the three, you're gone. No forgiveness. You will be beaten. <laughs> you, you, you're gone. So, you know, I, I brought that same mindset into the kingdom. And I say, oh, God is counting my sins. And I say, I knew one down. When I miss again, I knew two down. On the third, God will strike me. That was, that was how I thought it was. I thought it was going to strike me on the third and say, I won't forgive you for this. But no. <laughs> he's, he's all paid for. He's all settled. I, no more guilt. No more shame. He's all paid for. It's all paid for. It's all paid for. And uh, lastly, I ask myself, when we go back into chapter 4, um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, after saying that we should enter with confidence, he went on and, say, and said that, so that you may receive mercy, and find grace to help in the time of need. 
why that? You already told me to come in with confidence. Why don't you stop there? Why did you say, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need? This is because, back to the story I said at the beginning, that something is there doesn't mean we all know it. We need to learn to receive. I think that's where the real problem is. So now we know he's there, right? We know God has forgiven us. We know he has paid for our sins. We know nobody can tell us that um, you need to pay for this sin. But we also need to learn to receive it. This is where we need to learn not to guilt trip ourselves. This is where we need to learn not to punish ourselves for the sins. Because if you really want to punish yourself, it's death. Because death is the payment for sin. That's the wage, the salary for sin. We need to learn to receive it. We need to embrace it. Remember the, the, the story of the prodigal son? He has suffered after taking his own portion, went into another country. He wasted the money and was eaten with pigs. And now he came to his senses. He said, I'm going to go back to my father. At least he will make me a servant. But when he got to the father, did the father make him a servant? No. The father will welcome him back as a son. He, he, at a point, he needed to receive it and know that I need to go back to my father. We need to learn to receive his forgiveness. We need to learn to, it doesn't matter what you did 20 years ago. It doesn't matter what you did five years ago, seven, whatever the number of years, it's even yesterday. We need to learn to receive. Learn to receive. Do not expect punishment from God for what you did. Learn to receive his forgiveness. Learn to embrace it. Don't express sickness. Don't express um, poverty. Don't express anything. Learn to receive. Don't expect, don't give, don't give trip yourself. Don't accept guilt. If you do that, you walk back into the Old Testament because there's a guilt for sin for them. House is paid off. Glory to Jesus. I invite the worship team. House has been paid off. I, 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 I don't. I'm conscious of what Christ has done for me as the high priest, and I embrace it. Praise Jesus. At this point, I'll like all eyes closed, and I'd like to invite people to actually come experience this, because it's a new life. It's something that once you experience it, Coming to the consciousness of what Christ did. Knowing that he cleared it all. Knowing that he took away my guilt and shame. He took away my guilt and shame. I can now approach Jesus. You want a taste of this freedom in Christ Jesus. You, you, you want to accept him. You want to acknowledge. You want to say that even though these things are there. I want to take advantage of it. You want to accept him into your life as your personal God, your Lord and Savior. 
You want to tell the devil that, devil, now I am out of guilt. I've broken out from the, 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 the chains. You've tied me down with the chains of guilt. I've broken it out. You want to tell God that and say, God, I want to come and enjoy this forgiveness that I have easy access to. Wherever you are in this room, you can just signify, I would like to pray with you. Just raise your hands. You want to enjoy this that God has done for you. You want to tell him, I don't want to carry the guilt of my sin anymore. I've tried. I don't want to carry it anymore. I want you to, to, to take it all away because I know you have it available. You want to tell God, I don't want the devil to love me anymore, wherever you are. You can just signify, I would like to pray with you. I want to be free. 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 I don't want to be held down again by shackles. I just want to be free, Father. I've carried this guilt for so long. I want to drop it at your feet today, today, and walk out free. You can put your hands. I would like to light pray with you, wherever you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray with those people today as they've decided to drop it all at your feet, to give it all unto you, because now they know that they are free. I declare that they are free indeed. In the name of the Lord Jesus, just as your word said that whosoever the Lord has set free is free indeed. I declare them free indeed in the name of the Lord Jesus. I declare in the name of the Lord Jesus for these people. They are free from accusations of wrongdoings, past wrongdoings. They are free. Beginning from today, they embrace your forgiveness. They receive your forgiveness. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray.